Sawyer County Sheriff Doug Marotek is our very special guest on this week's podcast. My name is Ben Dryden. My father, Terry Dryden, former Washburn County Sheriff, is also here. Dad, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Sheriff, thanks for coming. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning to you. The last time you you were here once before, but that was about a year ago. Um, And I think it was you. It was like the open forum type um, discussion with you when you were running for sheriff. Yes. Um, And I forget the other person's name now who that was. Jim Maruka. There you go. Yep, Yep, you were uh, uh, both here. And that was the last time we have really talked. So what is new with you? How is it going this year? Good. Uh, the year went by pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not over yet. Yes, well, yes. Let's back up a little bit. And people uh, that don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. How you got to this position you're in now. I uh, was born and raised in Hayward, and, and my parents had a family business and uh, graduated from Hayward High School, went to school for welding up in Superior, and worked at Louisiana Pacific in maintenance and I had a, an older brother that worked in the, uh, the for the Sawyer County Sheriff's Department as a dispatcher oh. and sat in with him. And then uh, Chief Justin Hall with the city police was taking applications for reserves. And I applied and uh, was hired as a reserve working part-time. For Hayward? For the city of Hayward, okay. yes. Right. And uh, went to the academy in, in 84 and 85 and graduated. <laughs> and... Uh, Worked eight and a half years full-time at LP after that and for the city and then was hired on the city full-time in 91 and worked 24 years full-time. Went to the town of Hayward for uh, three and a half years as chief with the town of Hayward. And then the fall of, uh, or the, yeah, the fall of uh, 2017, Sheriff Mark Kelsey retired, yep. and uh, the governor was taking applications for uh, candidates to fill the sheriff's uh, vacancy because by statute, as we know, the governor has the responsibility to fill that vacancy, mm-hmm. and I applied and, and was selected. So I served 15 months <laughs> prior to being elected and, and starting my elected term in January. So you were appointed, I think, in the end of September 2017, I think is when your exact date was, I believe. Correct. yep. And then short, so 2018, in spring, you had to take out papers. Yes. And then you ran against the, your opponent, and you won. And, uh, and then you were elected in November 2018, now for a four-year term. How does it feel to be elected for a four-year term? Great. Um, I, uh, it's the best job I've had. I love to serve and, and uh, a lot of challenges, but, uh, you know, most days those challenges are, are very satisfying and, and uh, it's always great to serve those who serve. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Ben. So you, you, when you were appointed, was there anything <laughs> different from now that you're the sheriff and elected versus when you were appointed? Were you maybe a little more uh, reserved? Um, let's not make too many changes quite yet because I'm not actually elected yet and I don't have that four-year, I don't know if you want to call it a cushion, but some time to get some things done. Or is it, no, it's, I got elected and everything's been the exact same that it was when I was appointed as the sheriff. It's, nothing has changed. Well, you know, you're also being, I was not sheriff. You know, any anytime you're in a new position like that and you go from, uh, 
you know, supervising or being an administrator of several people versus we have 50 full-time employees with the sheriff's office. Right. I mean, there was there was quite a learning curve. So just that learning curve in itself takes, you know, a good yeah. share of a year before you start feeling <laughs> comfortable or like you you understand to make some of those added decisions or look at making some changes within the department. Sure. And you went, uh, I think, was it in the 2018 or after you elected, did you go down to the what we used to call baby sheriffs and chief school down in Madison for a week? Did you go to that? I did, yes. yes. How do you think of that? What did you think of that? Very good, very good and training. I actually, um, in 18, went down for the week, and then in 17, or in 19 here yeah. in January, went down for three days because okay. they had a lot of specialized training because, as we know, that was the largest wave of new sheriffs yeah. in probably the history of Wisconsin. Oh, I didn't there. know that, actually. Yeah, a, lot of, a lot of them retired, uh, including myself, and a lot yeah. of them, I think a few were beat out of the election, too. So Yeah, yeah I believe was there was, was like 30. 30, 30, 30 sheriffs changed, and that's yeah. a lot. Yes. Yeah, that's a lot of people. Okay, so you talked about 50 full-time people. Let's talk about your staff a little bit. How's it going? Very good. Uh, very fortunate, blessed to have the staff we have. With the 50 people, there's uh, myself, the chief deputy, and then we have the different divisions. In the patrol division, we have a patrol lieutenant, which is a new position that uh, I have enacted and got rolling since I've taken over. And uh, we have uh, 17 in the patrol division, which is, <clears throat> we have two sergeants, a school resource officer, a rec officer, an evidence tech, and patrol does both, and then 12 patrol sergeants. Mm. We also have two detectives in our detective bureau. We, in, in the jail, we have 18 total staff members. We have three sergeants. We have three with court services, which is a court officer, court security officer, mm -hmm. and Huber. All three of those are sworn. We do have a programs officer and 11 additional jailers. Pro programs officer, what does that person do for you? I think that they're the ones who get the donuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bring the coffee. <laughs> we we are really moving forward with programs. Um, in the jail. In the jail. Okay. To uh, The biggest thing is when, when our inmates get released, getting them in a better setting. And we're working with um, Reflections of Hope, and our ministerial association in the Hayward area is very active. And some of the greatest support in the jail that we have for for added support and that one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. with the inmates comes from our faith-based volunteers. Mm -hmm. And uh, Basically, then you're, you're trying to get them reintegrated into the public life so they don't come back. Correct. And get them, in a, get them, a, get them away from what they've... Uh, we're living with or the, the drug the drug community get them away from that and get them straightened out on the, this path correct our uh, reflections of hope um, is a newer organization in the community there they purchased one of the assist assisted living facilities and uh, it's for females so when they're released 
you know, they, mm. they have a good place to go that's structured oh, nice. and remove them from the, the setting they were in. You know, as if, if they go back to the setting they were in, there's a higher probability that they're mm. going to relapse. Exactly. Well, this Reflections of Hope, are they, how do they generate their funds to purchase a building? Um, there was there was a lot of fundraising and added support, and uh, they they get, they get any help from the county or the city no, or anything like that. No, okay, no, they did not. Nope. So this is all on their own. It's all on their own. Well, that's good. I mean, yes. that's that's yep. some dedication to do that. And then I'm assuming yes. they have staff then at the, at these places to direct the folks into doing what they should be doing. Yes, very. They're all very passionate and committed. Oh, good. That is really good. Yes. Then, then additionally, we have uh, seven in our dispatch division, mm. one supervisor, six dispatchers, and two in records, a, a confidential secretary and receptionist. Mm. And uh, I think you just told me that your new software that you were, does it also include your communication software? In other words, you have to switch everything over to the new software program? Yes, and the whole department. Th that can be a battle in itself, I think, when yes. you change from one uh, 911 system to, an, or not, maybe not 911, but the data that you collect and the way you talk to your deputies through MDCs, which is mobile data computers, for those that don't know what that is. Yes. Uh, that's uh, That was quite a challenge. Yes, and we're getting it set up here eventually so that it's e-filed to the district attorney's office and everything's going to be done Ooh, that way. So, But, you know, as you get into something new, there's a little learning curve there. <laughs> and you got to work some sure. hiccups out. And So of your staffing that you just went through, it sounds like a lot of people. I mean, that's good, but com uh, uh, is that more than there's been there previously? And how does that compare to neighboring counties? Because Sawyer is about the same size, roughly 15,000, 16,000 people, right? Uh, that, that I think that's pretty much the same as Burnett and Washburn. How does that compare to neighboring counties? Um, I, I believe our staff and uh, jail population is a little larger. You know, Sawyer County has 16,500 people. And we have 1,350 square miles. So we are, by area, one of the larger ones, mm. but consistent in population with neighboring counties. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't done uh, a lot of checking with surrounding counties to see exactly what mm -hmm. their staffing and jail population sure. is. But I know in, in conversing with other sheriffs and, and staff members there. Well, Dad, you were, were, I'm sorry, go ahead. We're one of the... Larger, larger facilities right. and staff. Yeah, well, Dad, you, I mean, you're not that far removed from being the uh, the sheriff in Washburn. Do you remember how many you had when a year ago? Oh, you mean deputies or patrol deputies? Oh, I mean, total. Yeah. Total, I, I mean, think we, we were around 40, but that's with jail staff and everybody. So, yeah, we didn't, yes. we haven't really increased much over the last nine, 10 years. Mm. You know, we don't have the issues that, uh, the folks that have reservations do. We don't have the Burnett County Reservation, the Sawyer County Reservation. Those cause you a little bit of work, I'm sure. Mm. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why you have such a, a good patrol staff or a large patrol staff. is what, That's one of the reasons. Yes. And that makes me, it brings up a point. And there's no other PDs other than Hayward and Tribal that can help you out. There's no other PDs in your county, is there? Well, the Hayward, town, the Hay town of Hayward, Hayward as well. Where is the town of Hayward located then? Obviously Hayward. close to Hayward. Yes, <laughs> it's it's right by Walmart, just on okay. the edge of the city, oh, so on seventy seven East. It's on the east side. Yes. Okay, I didn't I didn't know exactly where it was. I've heard all about it, and I know 
uh, yeah, the, some of the folks that were there. Wait, so you have two police departments in Hayward? Yes, the city of Hayward and, and the, the town of Hayward. I didn't know that. Yes. But those are the only two uh, like municipalities, as it were, right? Municipalities and then La Couture, oh, tribal sure. police. Sure. And they have, I believe, nine full-time oh, yeah. staff members. So that's a great asset for the community. Well, the interesting thing is you just brought up how large uh, uh, the county is. So if you have uh, the town of Hayward and the city of Hayward and the tribal police, they're all kind of in a pretty uh, close proximity to each other, right? In the Hayward area. And then, of course, the sheriff's office is there and the deputies. So really, the deputies, you, you, you don't have any extra help or municipalities on the other side of the county. Like in Washburn, it would be, you know, Birchwood up north, Minong. A lot of those seem to be kind of around the Hayward area. So that must yep. put a lot of miles on the deputies' <laughs> vehicles because you're kind of covering the, the rest of the county. The, the county seat is in the northwest corner. Mm. And if you take, if, if they're up in the northwest corner to get down to the southeast corner, you're talking almost 80 miles. Holy cow. Yeah, and you're talking uh, to, to help somebody, to, even at a high rate of speed, it's going to take you a long time to get there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, and we have, Sawyer County has Camp Flambeau Correctional Institute, which is a state minimum security institute in our county. And that's right down in the southeastern corner, just north of Hawkins. That's right. Uh, so how was your relationship with the other, uh, the PDs and the tribal? The tribal, you get along well with those folks? Very well. Okay. Yeah, we, we work together well and and uh, try to have frequent meetings with the different chiefs. And, uh, you know, I think it it's very important to have that working relationship in the field, but even more importantly, at the administrative level. Sure. Working together. You well, can accomplish so much more together. And, then, and when you have that cooperative attitude, it kind of filters down to the rest of the staff, too. If you didn't get along well with the chiefs and if they didn't get along well with you, well, pretty soon you got a mess. And I, I'm glad to hear that. That's really good to see. I, th I think you're correct with that. If, if you have dissension at the top, it does trickle down. Yeah. And uh, what's the human services and everybody you're getting? I mean, obviously, of juvenile, juvenile intake, uh, everything's going well in that arena? Yes, um, exceptionally well um, with the district attorney's office and the judge. I mean, our departments work very well together. And, you know, we, we all have to work together. And, and it is important to have that extended communication. You know, when you have that, that challenge that comes up, you know, to communicate and work through it. Mm -hmm. When when our court system is so busy and uh, it, it's it's paramount that everything just clicks. All has to work together. And we yes. stole your ADA, so thank you very much. Uh, well, <laughs> you're, you're, you're very blessed to have. Uh, that's what Aaron. I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. Um, I uh, personally and professionally, I think the world of Aaron, mm. he is outstanding. All right, we'll edit this part out later. <laughs> we don't want to give him a big head or anything. So... Okay, it seems like every law enforcement judge or anybody that we have to do with politics here talks about drug epidemics, drug problems in Sawyer County. Obviously, they're huge. Uh, tell us what, you, what you're seeing, and well, let's back up a little bit. Your jail population, how many beds do you have available for inmates? Our jail has a capacity of 104 if we can get the classifications worked out. And, and as we know, Department of Corrections, they do jail inspections, oversee all of the county jails. Ooh. So there's some mandates we have to meet. Ooh. 
to make sure we're a function we're functioning accordingly and and uh, and, and that's a, dis- a misnomer for some folks they realize well if you got 104 beds why why can't you put 104 inmates in jail well classification um, you know, you can't, you have a suicidal inmate. You can't put those with other people. Uh, there's, there's so many different variables that come to, just because you have 104 bed jail doesn't mean you have 104 inmates that you can keep there. So you obviously have to ship out. DOC considers a jail at 80% capacity right. full. Mm. Right. So. I, but, I always just try to hold it at 80% because it gives you a little bit of a, a buffer zone sure. in case you rest six or seven in one night. Yeah. You got some room. But um, you shipping out? We are. Uh, our jail population this morning was 117. Oh, gee, that's a little more than 104. Okay, there, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold <laughs> on. So for the people in the room that aren't uh, in law enforcement or have been, uh, I'm just doing some simple math here. 104 capacity and you have 117. I'm not trying to be sarcastic, but it doesn't seem to really add up. So where do the other, they just sleep on the floors or, you know, deputies take them home for the night? How does it work? We, we have 18 housed in Bayfield. Oh, I see. So they're not actually in uh, Hayward. Correct. Uh, we and, w- and we do have a couple of Hubers in other neighboring counties. And oh. uh, we, we did start an electronic monitoring program. So we do have three out on electronic monitors. Oh, explain that. It's uh, if there's a certain criteria, if they're Huber eligible mm-hmm. and uh, other issues that that arise there that they may be huber el- or, uh, electronic monitor eligible and then they they have a monitor that's gps as well as you know if if it's drugs or alcohol they'll have an additional monitor there to monitor that to to maintain absolute sobriety and how many you have out on that three, we have three three right? three, three yeah. out on that and who monitors those folks the programs manager our officer, wow. he he. That's one of his in the, in primary the jail. responsibilities. In the jail? Yes, okay. I got gotcha. yep. you. I got yep. you. And and now with with technology, you know, they, it's mapped. They know where they are. Like for example, we had one that was uh, a truck driver, and uh, we had a malfunction. <laughs> he uh, go ahead. He was on electronic monitor, and he was able to drive. And uh, they pay twenty dollars a day to be on the program versus the taxpayers paying $60, $70 a day to be incarcerated. And I believe, too, can you set up exclusion zones that they can't go in a certain area, and then if it does, yes. you get notified, yep. and all. And the program's right. officer gets cool. notified. It is pretty sophisticated, and it's a good program. And you, for the nonviolent offenders, it's really good. You get them out of your jail, but yet holds them accountable. Yes, and, and they're able to maintain their job and support their families rather than lose their job. And, and there's, you know, additional considerations that go into it. And it's very selective. Sure. Um, okay, I got off track a little bit. Let's go back to the drug problem, drug epidemic and Sawyer County. What are you seeing? What are you doing about it? Well, we, meth and heroin are, are a big problem. Um, opioids, which heroin is, fentanyl, um, the oxys, you know, in the past. And I think, you know, that with with the prescription issues America has faced, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's been a lot of carryover concern mm-hmm. there with people being addicted to the oxys when they were taken away. They have resorted to heroin and, mm-hmm. and now fentanyl. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, we're seeing it's not just the young people. You know, it's the middle-aged and, and even people our age and, and mm-hmm. older that uh, 
are using. It's mm. so addictive. Once once they get hooked on it, it's tough. And you talk to those people, they don't want to be there, mm. but they just have trouble beating that addiction. Wow. Uh, that fentanyl you're talking about, pretty scary stuff. Very. And my understanding, because I don't know that much about drugs, <laughs> uh, it's laced with other things. What are you seeing that uh, laced with? I'm using that correctly. Well, of, oftentimes, you know, you take like even marijuana may be laced with a little fentanyl. What? And some of the other drugs are laced with the fentanyl. And uh, no, 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 the people seek that out, do you think? Or is, is the drug dealers, are they kind of putting that in there and then not letting the person know? I mean, if you're a drug dealer, you're probably not going to, you know, it's not you have a high moral character to begin with. So do they know that they're actually, there's fentanyl in some of these drugs? Well, I, th I think that's a very good question, but I think it's also, to answer that, it's more of a case-by-case, -case, depending on, you know, who the distributor is, mm -hmm. what the, how they function, and, and what the uh, purchaser wants. And, and sometimes they get what they get, too, mm -hmm. and don't know what they're getting. Yeah, that's just it. It's not like they have ingredients. It's just, yeah, exactly. You know, a little label, a little food label. Well, so... <laughs> I, I don't know how to put this without sounding ridiculous, but what is the death rate in Sawyer County when it comes to opioid addiction and overdoses? Well, the USDA had uh, put out a uh, some statistics, and Sawyer County with another county in Minnesota were ranked the two highest deaths per 100,000 population in the Midwest. When was this? It was... It was a five-year average from 2012 to 2016. That's kind of frightening. It it is. It's very very concerning. And uh, you know we've our, our corner. Um, we're we're doing uh, our annual tribal grant, working with the tribe in Sawyer County, and we had to come up with some statistics. And the other day, our corner. Um, assisted us with some of the data there and said that we've had, uh, so far this year, 15 deaths contributing to drugs wow. and alcohol. Wow. That is that is exceptionally frightening. And when you have that kind of statistic, it's kind of like uh, Judge Yackel when he, he's the highest, you know, Sawyer County has the highest rate of felony charges oh, in the right. state. <laughs> you know, yes. you know, those kind of things. You combine all that together, you got a problem. And, and a lot of it comes back to the drugs. 70, 80% yeah. of our jail population mm -hmm. is there directly or indirectly yeah. because of drugs. Yeah, and, you look at your uh, uh, weekly jail booking report that we put on Dreadnought. You just look through there, meth, yeah. meth, meth. Heroin. Oh, her it's, <laughs> you're right, I mean, 70, 80%. We look at CCAP uh, every day for the six counties and look, <clears throat> excuse me, look at the felony cases that have been filed. And yeah, it's, uh, 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 when you say 70, 80%, I actually see a higher number. Well, at least from the felony standpoint, I guess. Uh, but it is not, this isn't something that's going away. No. And those may be conservative numbers. <laughs> yeah, um, they seem higher, but, actually, from what I see. Yeah, it's, you know, and, and, and even a lot of our burglaries and other criminal oh, offenses, sure. it, it, it's because they did it to support their drug habit. Sure. Uh, that's, oh, I, I can't even fathom that sometimes. That's, so what are you doing in the sheriff's office yeah. to help that yeah, situation? Yeah, how do you combat this? How do you combat something like this? Well, I... There again, we're very blessed to have a great team of staff. Our road deputies are, are and we have some, and we all do best at what we like to do. Sure. And uh, we have like some that. road deputies that really 
um, are after, you know, through drug interdiction and contacts otherwise, you know, taking drugs off the street through traffic stops and other contacts, working very well with our detectives. And uh, we, we have a great relationship and our agency hosts a DCI agent. So we have DCI, a regular DCI agent and other agents that have their own office in our mm -hmm. facility. So, and we have a great working relationship with them as well as the FBI. We have an FBI agent out of Eau Claire that works with our staff quite a bit. And mm -hmm. uh, do you have we, any? Do you have anything? You, I get the programs officer in the jail thing. Do you have anything on the road? Uh, your juvenile or what you call a, a resource officer, correct? Does Hayward have a? An officer in the school too? Or is it just you guys? The city of Hayward does the have a school does. resource oh, officer. Okay. Yes. Do you guys work together in the schools to help, uh, you know, educate the, the kids about this terrible problem that you have? Yes. Um, the Hayward School District has their officer, Wes Peters, and he works closely with, with okay. ours, uh, Jeff Haney, Deputy Haney. And then Deputy Haney also works the uh, winter school district and and you know he's alone down there i was going to ask you how many school districts do you have and then lco lco so you got three school yes. districts. Mm -hmm. okay yes mm -hmm. and lco tribal does not have a, a resource officer or you or they depend on you guys they, for that? they have at times it it depends on, depends on their staffing issues mm -hmm. and as we know staffing is a <laughs> challenge everywhere yeah. you know? and and not just in government entities mm -hmm. but in the private sector as well Wow. So that 70 to 80% of drugs that are related to crimes, the things that you see, obviously that puts a lot of uh, burden on law enforcement and the, the court system. I mean, that, all of that stuff kind of works together. But how does that impact the community? Well, I think it has a, a, a big impact on the community. Um, directly and indirectly. I mean, everything from the cost government-wise, you know, to keep our community safe yeah. to the effects on with with people in the community, whether it's business people or family members, what they're dealing with, the users, and the, and the issues they're dealing directly there, mm -hmm. as well as look at how many of those people you know, are not contributing positively as employees in the community or right. even employers mm. because we have some that were successful business people and got hooked in it and, uh, you know, their their business has slid or they lost it. Mm. So when, when you look at all facts and fashions of the issues, it mm. uh, it's very concerning. You know, there's one thing that I don't think we've ever brought up before with uh, having sheriffs on and I don't know why we haven't. I guess maybe there wasn't a need because there isn't any. But mm -hmm. gangs, do you have any situation? Do you have, I don't know, <laughs> gangs in, in Sawyer? Is that even a thing? I don't even know. I mean, you know, L.A. and stuff, you hear gangs. But do you have that in Sawyer? We, we have some identified um, gang members and, mm. uh, you know, our drug investigators. It's, it's interesting you bring that up. Um, just the other day I was talking to Detective Poplin. Our, our drug investigator and, and some of the uh, individuals they're working with or on, you know, are, are uh, there's concerns with that. Okay. So, you know, it, it kind of, you deal with that. Mm 
um, it, it peaks and valleys. You know, you have stages of that at times. You don't hear or see as much of it as you used to. But, you know, when, when you talk about what a gang is, you know, that, that organized group and, yeah. and into trouble, um, I, it's there. We always felt that the, the gang part of it usually comes out of Minneapolis-St. Paul. That's the ones who I think are bringing your drugs into Sawyer County. Is gangs from the cities are making their money off your residents. Uh, you think that's true? Absolutely. I think, you know, and I, I think when you look at the drug trade, the illegal drug trafficking today, I think it's capitalism at its finest. <laughs> um, you, you know, the money they make, mm. and, and a lot of them, you know, the money they make is just to support the drug habit and survive. Um, but the, the volume that is transported, bought, and sold, it, it's very concerning. And it, it comes across, and a lot of ours comes from Minneapolis, the mm. Twin Cities area. Mm. And, and you know, from there, it came from Mexico. You know, you're right there. Um, we used to hear a lot in our area, smaller, you know, uh, northwest Wisconsin, about meth labs. You don't hear so much about those. So at least people here used to be a little more industrial and, you know, provide their, you know, they make it themselves, however you make it. But you don't really hear about that anymore because I don't think we need it anymore because it's all getting funneled in here. Yes. And they, they can buy it cheaper right. as, as well as, you know, with Sudafed not available like it used to be. Yeah. You know, that's... Yeah. That, that stopped the homegrown and yes. uh, making a meth lab in your trunk, which, yes. you, which can be done. Well, let's talk a bit about... The, we had Judge Jackal here a couple of weeks ago and... Of course, he's very into and ensuring that they get another judge in Sawyer for obvious reasons. Mm. Do you think that's going to, are you supportive of that initiative? And do you feel that it's going to help your law enforcement um, activities? It's definitely a concern and, and need to expand. I mean, as, as our jail population continues to increase because of the drug activity primarily, I mean, that does flood the district attorney's office. You know, we, we received uh, the state approved a second assistant district attorney. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to have three uh, in the DA's office attorneys. That's going to be helpful. Um, there, there's definitely, without question, a shortfall in the uh, when it comes to our court. It's going to be helpful for uh, for getting those cases there. But if you don't only have one judge and three and three district attorney or ADAs, a, a DA and three two ADAs, that's going to flood the judge's office even more. Yeah. So I guess that's really going to be traumatic. Lo losing Aaron, we just had the DA, yeah. and so we they just hired another oh, ADA. Oh, so good. And and you know, there's they're looking for the second one, and I think once they catch up, it's staff wise there mm. or or get up to three. I think that's going to probably put even more um, I, challenges I, on the on I, the judges bench. You bet. I also understand the difficulty of coming up with approximately five million dollars to build this other courtroom. I mean, which is. That's a concern uh, for the county board and everybody. So uh, that's a difficult that's a difficult position to be in right now. Is that you're going to have three attorneys and they'll be throwing cases at you like crazy, and you and you're already behind. That's got to impact how how long people sit in your jail. I mean, you can't get away from it. Sure. When it it when the court process is backed up, it does you know increase the the days. 
of our uh, jail mm-hmm. population, um, the, the shortage of public defenders, attorneys, yeah. you know, increases the days of uh, bed stays mm-hmm. in the jail. Those are all factors. I, you know, and I think the day's going to come where, you know, it's just going to be inevitable where yeah. we have to expand the court system as well to keep up. Yeah, because it is all symbiotic. It, it all <laughs> is connected. If one of these three, the, 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 the judge, the district attorney or the district attorney's office and the sheriff and the sheriff's office and law enforcement, it all has to work together. And if one is understaffed or in a, having a challenging situation, it, it, it does affect the other two. And by effect, it isn't just the timely manner, but Dad, you brought up a great point. It's also money. Because the yes. longer you keep them there, well, then you have more people. And as you just said, you have a whole bunch of people up in uh, Bayfield right now. So then you have to pay for more than that. So it's ultimately what I think most people want to know is the the cost. If people are looking at something and and, and seeing this is costing a lot more, uh, actually a lot more money to not do something than it is. Let's just bite the bullet right now and let's just get something done. Well, and I think a lot of it's balancing the cost. You know, to have that safer, better outcome on the other side yeah. as well. Um, you know, it's. You can only go through the get by mode so long, and uh, I, I think that's our county board um, understands the need mm. and is supportive. It, it goes back to that cost factor, yeah. and and they have a big responsibility of oh, trying absolutely. to make that balance yeah. and and answer to their constituency yeah, not, as well. It's not cheap. No, uh, it's no. a good opportunity, and I know that the state. There's a lot that could work, but it's not cheap. No. No, and I think, I think you know, in in the upcoming years here, something's obviously right going to happen. Something's going to have to happen. Yes. So even if nothing right now, at very least, let's start putting a plan together. Let's start putting funding towards something. So in in, in a few years, we can do something. But what I would really be disappointed in to see is in five years from now, it's the exact same it is, and there was no plan put in place. You're you're in the spot right now, in five years from now. I would really hate to see that. Well, you know, you you talk about the court system, and one thing I want to mention, you know, the public defender's office, you know, serves, you know, several counties up here. I think Burnett. Burnett and Washburn Washburn and Sawyer. Sawyer. Their office is in Spooner, I believe. Yeah. Yes. And Tuesdays are Sawyer County's initial hearing day, and uh, our our court on Tuesdays (laughs) are just buzzing. And when the court's busy, our court officer and, and jail is running as well and and we a year ago we quit doing visitation on Tuesdays so our staff could better accommodate the court system and those are oh. are you know things we're doing as well to try to make changes to better accommodate the process and system yeah. to better serve because everybody you, including you have to go outside and across the street yes we do with your inmates so that's adds in the security concern for you as well because you're does. walking those people across there i'm assuming yes yeah yes yeah. that does take time and then if there's a court delay or something comes mm-hmm. up you know it, it it's a glitch in the process as far as keeping things in sync to make it flow do you have a holding facility or a cell over in the courthouse where <clears throat> in case something gets backed up and you have to put an inmate where you have to walk and clear back across to the to the jail the, the, there is a temporary holding room <clears throat> okay. but it's not set up to be a secure room where okay. they're unattended mm-hmm. we have to have someone okay. with them there okay. so it it's it's very te- staff consuming 
Well, you put all that together, and Sawyer County's really got some big issues that they're facing, not only for their you know tax purposes and levies, but just the drug epidemic, and you got really got some issues in Sawyer. Well, challenges. Challenges is a better word. Yeah, okay, challenges. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, Mr. Norbert Dats, Datsman, is that how you pronounce Dansman. it? Oh, Dansman. Dansman. Yeah, he's he still is. missing? He is. Um, Norbert Dansman, nicknamed Tony, yeah. 89 years old. 89? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, they came up Labor Day weekend for, you know, the Dansman family was... Uh, Settled here in, in 1919. Oh, my. So, <laughs> along wow. with the family reunion, it was 100 years since the family had settled here. And mm. uh, he was one of the sons from the original family, a very large family. I, I think it was 10, 12 children there. Wow. Um, and uh, he was in California and came here with one of his daughters and son-in-laws and, and suffering some from some cognitive issues there. Okay. So they had to watch him closely and staying at a motel and and left his room there and wandered off. And, uh, right, from Hayward? Winter. Winter. Winter Motel. Okay. And it was going to be at the Ojibwa Park there, which, That's you know, was... The reunion the, was going to be there. The reunion okay, was, I yes. Gotcha, I got you. Yes. The, is this like middle of night, middle of day? It, it was around 9 o'clock in the morning. Really? So, you know, when we responded and, and brought our search and rescue team mm. on board and uh, the following days we had state patrol planes, mm. DNR planes, the D, the uh, National Guard Armory brought a Black Hawk helicopter. They and, had flurry, I'm assuming, too, yes. then forward wow. looking infrared radar. And they were there seven hours and we had support on the ground and uh, any building or uh, tree stand mm. or anything with obviously that was occupied and, and that flirt can detect the heat. Yeah. You know, we had ground troops in there checking it out. Mm. Many grids set up for mm. the following week and a half was pretty much searches on the ground every day. and Boots on the ground. Yes. Mm. That's and, usually how you find them. And, and you know, it's it's interesting because it's just, it's it's like he vanished. And, you know, there's... That's a big wood. If my memory serves me right... You got too far out of winter, and it's a lot of woods. It is. It is. Um, that's. It can be some very desolate country yeah. down there. Mm. But you know, even we had uh, many dogs come in, and and the uh, canine emergency response team based out of Wisconsin come and help us. Responded, assisting us as well. And uh, it's he walked north of the motel. So there was a there was a track then. At one yeah, point. there was. Okay. All right. He walked through a trailer park there and there were witnesses that seen him walk through the trailer park oh really he hit county w and witnesses and the dogs lost sight of him so you know we, hmm. there's still some concern whether someone picked him up mm -hmm. and you know we did a, a statewide silver alert and you know it is nationally as well mm -hmm. and and he's listed you know as a missing person which is national so and and nothing how, has, and how long has this been? Uh, it's been since August 30th. Wow. Oh, so, boy. Yeah, and, uh, and where do you, after you exhausted everything, what do you do now? I yeah, mean, really. It's, you know, we've, we have, you know, received information of possible sightings, you know, mm -hmm. in Madison and oh. uh, one in Arizona, and uh, which was coincidental because Years ago, he used to, him and his wife used to spend the winters about 100 miles from 
Benson, Arizona, where he was possibly sighted, but that that turned up to be not him at all. Hmm. So it's nothing just, with credit cards or nothing like that. If he, he had any credit cards, even maybe the family indicated that he didn't have anything okay. with them because they were concerned about him losing it. Oh, so okay. and he had flown here to the cities. They rented a car and okay. traveled the winter. So obviously they wanted to get back, and mm -hmm. and they maintained his ID. So he didn't have any money on him or ID or cell anything phone. as well. No cell phone. Hmm. So oh, poor you know, family. Yes. Ugh. Yes. Large family, too. Why? I, yes. They got to be just torn over this one. And they, they have a lot of family in the winter, excellent area. Mm -hmm. They were very helpful and, and helped with searches and, and uh, nothing. And oh, that's. So, how does that impact you? Well, it's concerning. And, and our search for Tony is not done till we find him. Mm -hmm. But, at, and then, it could, well, and it's terrible. Terrible to say this, but at some point you probably would have to bring in cadaver dogs to start uh, searching where you, uh, the vicinity where he was last seen or last noticed. Would you think? Have you done that already? We've done that okay, already. I figured we, that. We've had tracking dogs, yeah, cadaver dogs. Yeah. Um, we, you know, it's yeah. and anything's possible. You know, at yeah, that sure. age, you know, it's yeah. you know, there, you can come up with uh, you know health issues that overcome you in a hurry so you know we we don't want to leave anything uh, or any option unattended that was the other issue is he had any medical medicine that he needed with him mm -hmm. at the time not knowingly my understanding okay. for 89 he was very healthy oh, okay physically wasn't taking nitro or, no. or diabetes or anything like that huh no okay so. well let's hope that that get resolved for the family that's really traumatic that's a long time though yes it's you know it's I can't imagine what the family's mm -mm. going through, oh. wondering where they're at. You know, uh, how do you put closure to the issue? Mm. Yeah. yeah, and you you don't want to put closure to it because you want to. I mean, yep. it's it's like the the messages of hope. Uh, Chris Fitzgerald and, and Jamie Claus, that same thing where it's it's don't give up. Yep. Uh, but that's that's yeah, it's it's got to be tough. Yes. And for the whole community, I mean, just oh my goodness. Hopefully, he was picked up and is safe somewhere and That'd and eventually nice. located. Yeah, you know, that would be nice. It's. But you think even nationally, the information of he's out somewhere with somebody, they would have said something. Yes, yeah. and the family has been very involved in all the interstates, you know, running east and west. They've sent out flyers oh, to the really? truck stops and, and the law enforcement agencies and communities at large. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've been very, very active. Good. What else is going on in Sawyer? Well, it's, uh, you know, Sawyer County always has a lot of tourism, mm -hmm. and uh, I think it was a very good year. A lot of, lot of people in the community, and, and uh, when it comes to our law enforcement, you know, outside of the extra traffic and maybe a few extra traffic accidents, it's amazing, but uh, tourism, you know, doesn't add a lot of strain on law enforcement. It, Why do you uh, think that is? Well, I think you know, the influx of people coming and traveling and, and vacationing, you know, their intent is not criminal behavior. Sure. You get a few offshoot sure. things. You get some alcohol yeah. issues and possibly yeah. some drug issues. But generally, sure. they're here They're here to visit have their cabin and have, have a good time. time. Yes. Like the Burka Binder, for instance. That's coming up for you pretty soon if you get enough snow. And yes. um, that, that uh, influx big time in the Hayward area. Yes. And Bayfield. 
And and you mentioned the Berkey. We're organizing now to get set up for the Berkey. And, uh, you know, it's last year they put the bridge across Double O. Yeah. This year they're working on putting the bridge across 77. Cool. So, so that'll be a second road not closed if that's completed and everything works out. So that, yeah. that will be... Whereabouts on 77? At, at the bottom of O'Brien Hill, the foot of the hill there. Where's that? By Fish Hatchery Road, just east of 77 there, a couple miles. <laughs> That's going to be a pretty good-sized bridge. Yes. Especially yep. if you got semis underneath yeah, that thing. I think it's going to be like 16 feet high, Okay, mm -hmm. maybe more. How many people but, come in for that? Oh. Well, they, they've been... You know, hosting between the Cordelopet and the Berkey, 12, 13,000. And the numbers keep increasing. And then, you know, if each one brings in several family members. Well, right, that's his purpose. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're, 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 yeah, 30, that's got to be like 20, 25,000. Or, or 30 to 50, potentially, Holy you know. Cow. So you're going from a county, and, and this isn't, they're not spread out over the county, <clears throat> kind of in a central area. So, you're yeah. going from fifteen six or sixteen thousand to potentially forty thousand. Yeah, when you when you get into the uh, when you talk about spreading out, when you look at the lodging issue, mm -hmm. the, it 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 gets spread out quite. You're gonna have to. Yeah. Well, I always said that Berkey Holy brings God. in a. You can't find a motel room within a hundred miles of Hayward. Yes. I mean that's almost the truth really? too. Yeah, it's a lot of people. Well, and it's gotten to the point too where. You know, a lot of residents rent out their home mm. and take a vacation that weekend. <laughs> and you should uh, offer the you should offer the same thing at the jail. Sometimes it almost yeah. pays for their vacation. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, and I always yeah. thought years ago, I always thought Burke about okay, that's one race, boom, they're done. But there's multiple races in that program. Yes. I didn't realize that till several years ago when I was talking to the chief of Hayward. There's a lot of different races in there. Yes, they got the Barna Berkey, which is yeah. the the race for the kids, and yeah. and uh, the skate races yeah. they have right on Main Street, right. and and there it's it's a very very large event, and the Berkey um, is the Berkey Foundation is very active, and they continue to enhance that, and it, it continues to what, grow. What was the last mm. numbers for the economic impact of the Hayward area and Sawyer? Do you remember? Yeah, I do not remember, I, I remember and I, I'd, I'd hate to yeah, say it's a lot of money. Yeah. It, it, it's yeah. it, you know, anytime you have activities in the community, yeah. you know the the lumberjack, the oh, Berkey. Right. Yeah, it, it's it's well, if I if I'm I may be misremembering. I thought Mom actually said this years ago that Shell Lake I think had the opportunity to have the Berkey. And they, really? And they yeah, I think so. I'll have to double check that. Uh, and they turned it down. Well, I, know. I think one of the wonderful things about it from a tourism and an economic standpoint is it isn't in the summer because Washburn, uh, Burnett, certainly Sawyer, yes. uh, summertime tourism, man, that's huge. It's huge for local businesses. I mean, a lot of these businesses, they make 90% of their revenue just in like a four or five month period. But the brilliant thing about the Berkey is it's at a different time. It's in the winter. So you get a second additional huge economic boon to your, to your county. And it's not at the same time as when you regularly have tourists. So that's got to be that's unique to our area to have something that big in a kind of like a winter month. Yes. And, and, and that's, that's an added uh, um, advantage having it in the winter because, you know, outside of, you know, winter sports, you know, typically not much to you, do. you, you <laughs> yeah. don't have as much to yeah. do. So How the time that, of year mm, is great. Yeah. How does that affect your 
I don't think there's ever been a whole lot of issues with law enforcement, with criminal activity during the Burkitt, but I do know that, Joel, they bring in a lot of extra people to help for those. Yes. I don't know how, is it the whole weekend or just the, you know, is the Burkey run two or three days? Now now the court will open on Friday. Oh, Friday. So and yeah, Friday, Saturday. So on Friday Sunday? and Saturday are the big days. The big days. The city actually, you know, with the registrations yep. and, and all of the vendors there, you know, they, they probably have the largest mm -hmm. law enforcement responsibility just dealing with the traffic because mm -hmm. the traffic is imagine. just huge. Yeah. yeah. But uh, and then you're standing on the corner yeah. for hours on end freezing. Yes, yes. <laughs> well not the <laughs> cops. They're in you know they're in their cars. There's <laughs> traffic out their windows. No, I don't think so. Yeah. That's that's the weekend. You don't want it to be no. twenty below and you don't want no. it to snow a flood. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, I think Mayo Clinic shall like also turn down. Really? Yeah. Well, somebody said, as long as we were talking about rumors, somebody said 3M, too, went, didn't come to show like they went yeah, to come. I don't know what we're doing. Too, who knows? We'll have to verify all that. I'm sure somebody is going to tell us yeah. that, whether we're right or wrong. Yes. So what haven't we covered that uh, you wanted to discuss that maybe we haven't touched on? Well, I can't think of anything offhand here. Uh, just uh, it's I, I'm, on behalf of myself being sheriff, I... Uh, I think one of the greatest assets we have is our staff. Any successful organization is is not as successful without great staff, yeah. and we're fortunate to have that. Um, and I every day I I appreciate our staff greatly. I always said that a, a leader is only as good as those who follow, and yes. I think that's very true. You think you know, your opinion is true? Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think I got an opinion on everything. One one thing about law enforcement. Yeah. Even even the people working hard in the trenches, they're leaders because sure. when they're called to go on a mm -hmm. call, their their first responsibility is to get on scene and take control, sure. take it over, and and that's leadership at its finest as well. Yeah. So you know, in law enforcement, it's it's leadership from the top down, but just just as much at the bottom too, because it's their responsibility to take control and and make things happen and and be safe. Yeah, it's amazing how much uh, having the right team makes just all the difference in the world. Yes. Chief Deputy, how's that person doing for you? And who is it? V very well. Um, our newly appointed Chief Deputy is Joseph Sedera. Okay. He lives in Radisson. And he came from he before? Inside? I know he that did. name. Oh. He, he was the jail lieutenant. There so that was, that's there that's probably that your connection. Okay. And Got it. Just, that's just, where I know it. Just a phenomenal person. Nice. Um, he... Uh, He's always been very committed, and when he was jail lieutenant, um, he was typically the first one to work and the last one to leave. Nothing for him to consistently work 50 hours a week, Ooh. and and that hasn't changed any. <laughs> and and it, it, very respected by the staff, the community, mm, um, very appreciated by myself and others. Great to have a number, good number two, oh, isn't it? Yes. I mean, yes. it takes a lot of pressure off you. Yes. Yeah. Good. Well, we're sure glad to have you. I well, think that's been yeah. great. Thank you it's, so much uh, for being here. It's it's great to be here, and thanks for the invite. Oh, of bet. course. Uh, you um, uh, Next year, want to swing back? We'll probably uh, start these again in the spring. Want to come back and let us know how things are going? That would be great. Awesome. Sheriff, thanks so much for uh, stopping in. Thanks, Thank Doug. you.